CrossPolitik begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is King of Kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start it. Sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right When the spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to Cross Politic with Gabe Wrench, the Water Boy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hello, Cross Politic. Thank you guys for joining us. It's Cyber Monday. Ooh, a lot of yes. cheap stuff. Some of you are listening to this standing in line in Kmart. <laughs> I don't know. Is Kmart just, even a thing I don't anymore? Know. <laughs> Walmart. Okay, Walmart. Well, if, if, it's cyber, there we go. if it's cyber money, they're on their there cell phone. Did you guys, did you guys right. see the That's old right. school Nintendo? Yes. I'm excited about that. Seriously. Yes. And it like sold out. No way. No. Like, well, I mean, it, it, it did. I mean, it came out and they said there's more coming. Like, there's more wow. coming, but like, wow. and they're probably going to have a bunch out. Like, right. Yeah. Like, people are probably staying in line for their yeah. Nintendo. 64. I, oh. am, I am punishing my kids to play that game. You know, no, Old you're going to learn what a yes. daddy had to go through in his childhood. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Sit down and play. Mario. Mario, Mario. Has, Mario has one eye and you got to enjoy it. You know? No, there's no more buttons. These are all uh, the buttons you get. You that's hilarious. Kids. I am so looking forward to the baseball game. You remember the baseball game? Oh, uh, yeah. Base is loaded, right? Uh, yes. I don't remember what it was called, but yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I played. I do. Dad's favorite baseball yeah. player. That's hilarious. That's what I'm talking about. Ooh, that's, no. that's yeah. a, Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt. Yes. Classic. Uh, what was no, what was the other one? Zelda. Zelda. Oh, I, I hated yeah. Zelda. I hated yeah. Zelda. Yes. How well, Zelda was horrible. But yeah. Zelda paved the way for a lot of these kind Which is of, why I hate uh, it. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you're running around this huge world that you'll never get to the end of. I love Mario because, hey, yes. I, could I, think I, be, I think I beat Zelda. Oh, no. No. no yeah, no. I think I did. I'll have no. to go back and... Where's Aaron Ranch? I'm trying to remember. I want to know. Yeah, yeah, we can talk to your brother. No, we would pause it and go away and then come back and play it later. I mean, no, you couldn't do that. Your, your game would freeze up. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't even we didn't even have one until I was much older, but my grandparents had one. And that yeah. and, what? Like, and my friends had one. Your yeah. grandparents had oh, a, a they Nintendo? wanted the, they oh, wanted yeah, the, grandkids the grandkids to come over. For the grandkids. Yeah. So we, we would go Best to grand, grandparents my, ever. Grandma and grandpa's house, and that yeah. was like, you know, once a year. And they had Nintendo, and we played the baseball game, we played Duck Man. Hunt, we played the Mario, we played I mean, they had like, you know, six or eight games. I, I want to be that kind of grandpa. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Serious. That's, wow. that's awesome. It's also where I watched MTV. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, then again. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. So, we got a great Mom, show. What is this? I'm going I'm I'm to save Toby here. <laughs> now I know why you had dreadlocks. I'm serious. <laughs> that, that's why you had dreadlocks. MTV. I, I love my. I love my I, did I ever tell the story? I can't even remember who I told the story. I love my, my co pastor, Joshua Apple. We we did a we did a parenting conference uh, about a month or two ago, and he was talking about I mean, we had just comp- like, well, in, in God's providence, we both grew up in Christian homes. God is good. It was awesome. Amen. Praise God. But he he decided I think that he wanted I can't remember who it was, but he just wanted to be a world renowned pianist. Mm. And so, in, in for several years in, as a teenager, he spent like three hours a day playing piano. Wow. And and I was just like I was I mean it was it was great. I mean he he had a, a fantastic point. Go to trinitykirk.com, find the audio. Download the it, audio. It was, it was yeah. a great talk. But I was just sitting in my seat, just just chuckling, 
Because I'm like, what was I doing when I was 14? I MTV. was like, I was trying to learn chords to Green Day songs. <laughs> you, you were kind of doing the same thing. <laughs> so I was like, that was my like, that was my the like time I'm, of my life. I'm aiming, I'm aiming high, and I'm like, I'm gonna play, you know, this new that's hilarious Green Day song. Anyways, yeah. Well, sorry. I, yeah. All right. So uh, uh, for the show today, for our interview today, we have Dr. Jim Brook coming on the show. He is um, a from Southern really, Idaho, right? Southern Idaho. Idaho boy. Really interesting guy. He owns a doctor practice down Southern Idaho, and he doesn't take any insurance. He doesn't participate in any Medicaid, Medicare programs. And uh, so uh, we'll, we'll, is that possible? I was going to say, is he not arrested? <laughs> what's going on? With- and he can do house calls because he doesn't fall under all these um, uh, oh, no. insurance policies pro- and probably, challenges. Probably he does Massa know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want to know is Massa know he be doing. Well, and he, I was just going to say, I bet he's racist. Because <laughs> he doesn't take insurance. <laughs> right? Because he must be. He has to be. He must be, yeah. right? He doesn't so believe in Medicare. He, he wrote a book called A History of Government Meddling in America Healthcare <laughs> and How the Free Market Would Solve Our Problems. So, hey, or we, solve our health problems. We so were really, talking about really that with Pastor yeah. Wilson. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, we'll get more into that. Um, the interview's coming up. Uh, but before that, we also had one of our listeners um, on uh, uh, contacted me on Facebook. Remember, uh, a couple actually contacted people, us. Yeah. Where, where, where could yeah. they do that at? One of our listeners. Thank you to Eric Barron. He contacted us because remember when we talked what's about – um, Do it. I said, oh, what's okay. up, Eric? Um, Eric. Remember when we talked about uh, our, our daughters going into military? Yeah. Um, right. And everything. He emailed us an updated article that I hadn't seen yet um, saying that the, the U.S. Senate – Actually, the U.S. House, excuse me, actually took it out. So the Senate passed it, and the U.S. House took out the measure Stri- that would strip re- stripped it out, stripped out the language that would require um, our daughters to be drafted, be drafted, be drafted. Yep. Well, and so everything. So that's just a quick. Uh, yeah. On, on that subject, I was watching um, someone else posted about the fact that hey, I get it. You don't want your daughters to be drafted, but how about the fact that the draft itself is an unbiblical. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. we talked about that too. Yeah, you know, the fact that they shouldn't even right. be drafting our boys. Yeah, yeah. like why are they? Why, and, and Deuteronomy if, gives a whole um, process for a, a, at least a of, bunch of exceptions. A number of you, yeah, you can right. Get out of it. Yep. Yeah. Um, it, you, if you're newly married, if you have a new vineyard, if you um, and then and then um, this isn't Deuteronomy. If you got some really a, good tobacco, right, but, you, but guys, <laughs> you, you do not have to go to battle. Uh, and then and then Gideon. You I think you mentioned this. Beer. You, you mentioned this when we were talking. Yeah. Gideon also um, basically got rid of all the cowards who didn't want to go to battle. Yeah, right. And and all and yeah. so there's a number of reasons why draft is is not good in the first place. Forcing these people, right. anyways. Right. So. If you're getting into a war in which you need to draft. You yeah. should. It's already like, wait, you know, yeah. you know, w- why don't you have the buy-in? Yeah. So even if they're, right. let's say you didn't get into it, someone initiated it on you, and you're like, we don't have the people to even fight this. Yeah. And then you say, we we got to get we got to get men. Yeah. We got to we we got to have somebody to fight. Yeah. Then you got to sell it. Yeah. You got you got to you got to you got to you got to. You're pre- saying you, gotta, you still don't get to take you, my boys. You got to preach it. You got to you got to you got to sell it to the nation. You got to say you know. I mean, they didn't. You know that that's how that's how the war, that's how the war for independence was fought. Right. People believed in the cause. Yeah. Right. So so so, but it's just some pushback. Wouldn't you say the fact that you have a king right now would just be a reason he's going to take your sons? He's going <laughs> to they're going to be part of his army. I mean, isn't that just part of the whole? Having a king uh, judgment. Part of the reason why Samuel said you don't want to do this, right? Is that this is going to happen to you, <laughs> yeah. right? And since we're we're way downstream from that, um, wouldn't that still be something to say? Hey, no, I'm sorry, 
this is what it is. You you have a king. But we still have the Constitution. I mean, and even in even in biblical, even there, Deuteronomy provides for a king. Actually, in the law, the yep. Book of the Covenant in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy it, chapter seventeen, it provides yep. for a king. It restricts the king. It yep. says you can't multiply wives, gold, mm. horses, guns, chariots, gold, women, and girls. Yeah. So the three G's: guns, girls, and gold. And and so it, so but he, but that doesn't it doesn't say you can't have a king. It just says you, you need to have this kind of this king. this kind of king, right? Right. And then and that's embedded in the law of the covenant, right? Which also includes restrictions on how you are allowed to muster an army. Yeah. Um, so, so even even then, no, you can't just come and take someone. You said biblically, there is no biblical warrant for someone just to come right. in and take your sons. Yeah. It would and be using the fight your war. Them. It would be yeah. a pretty significantly modified draft if we were if we were gonna you know if we were gonna actually apply this to modern day. There might be some method of of um, mustering troops, but it wouldn't be a strict draft saying you right. just have to go. Your social number, your social security number got pulled. You're out. You're coming in. It's different. So in the Dallas Morning News, um, this came up. Uh, Dallas where? Dallas, Georgia or Dallas, Dallas Texas? Texas. <laughs> okay, I should have known. In the promised land. In the promised land. Let me clarify uh-huh. here. Um, uh, this is a found in the Dallas Morning News, and the, head, the title of the article is, Can a Dallas Baptist Pastor serve both LGBTQ and conservative members. So that's the title. Serve them? What do you mean? Serve them. So serve them. Um, Wilshire Baptist Church in Dallas announced um, on Monday, this was recently, uh, let me get the date here, um, actually it's this Monday, two days ago. Wow. Yeah, on uh, this week. Um, on Monday that uh, he, uh, his congregation, he had voted to grant full membership to LGBTQ people. The controversial decision cuts the church ties to the Texas Baptist Convention. So T T C T B C um, doesn't do that. That's different than the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, it, it's a or is it just a? They might be of part it? of. They might be part of it the Southern Baptist. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. T B C. <clears throat> and so what's um, so the the church congregation voted to grant full membership to LGBTQ. Why why would we not do that? Uh, My brain just kind of just well because. How you, do you grant members? Yeah. There's a, already well, okay, a standard let, for membership. Let, let's make some. So, First <laughs> Corinthians six, Paul says, um, in the list of things, there's a number of things in which which he says um, people who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Including, other you know, various forms of sexual immorality, fornication, adultery, and sodomy, homosexual sin. Yeah. Those who do those things will not inherit in the kingdom of God. So those who practice those things, we do not bring into membership in our churches if God says they will not inherit the kingdom of God. You don't get a new vote. Right. You didn't get a vote on this in the beginning. However, Paul says, and such were some of you. That's right. Amen. That's right. right? Um, but you were washed, you were justified, you were sanctified. Um, and so the point is, is that there are all kinds of people in the church who are you know, recovering from those things. They've been washed and cleansed and justified. They have an alien righteousness. Yes, that's, that's been given to them. And so, yeah, do they do they still have the, the old man that they're they're putting to death and the, the flesh? Absolutely. We bring those people into the church, yeah. and they need the church. Yeah. The church is not um, for, for, pe- for perfect people. The, the church is not for um, people who are sinless. The church is for, for sinners who know um, they've been saved. And we, so those are the people you come you bring into membership. That, but yeah, that's that's why that's why you don't yeah. bring these people into membership because what you're doing is you're saying um, you're okay. Yeah, yeah. And how do you practice church discipline? Right. I mean, if if <laughs> if you can become a member of a church with 
with what you could normally get kicked out of the church for. <laughs> Somehow I have a feeling that this church isn't worried about that. Dude. <laughs> you know, I don't think they practice yeah. church membership. You, you don't get to change God's standard. That's not. Yeah. And, and we have a membership. Yeah. We, we don't. We, your sexual orientation um, isn't what we judge membership off of, first of all, either. Right. Like, so there are people who are Christians who are still dealing with and struggling and battling this in a real way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, um, I have a friend who I love very dearly. And it's because of the struggle that he has that I, I even love him more. I think, you know, it's like, sure. man, praise God that you're fighting. Praise God that, you know, you're not giving into this, you know, but he's a membership because right. he believes in Jesus. Right. And, he, he's and, a member. and those and, and we all need membership for that reason. Exactly. It's um, I love a- uh, what Pastor Joshua at Trinity every whenever we have new members come in, he usually gives the charge. Is and, he paying but, you right now? Uh, no, he's, he's coming I'm, on the show. I'm, a lot. I'm advertising I'm for him. Saying. Uh, it's Trinity your church? He always <laughs> says. He always says. Now he has them take the vows, and then he says, "Now I want to remind you that this is not just a formality. This mm. means that God in His sovereignty has brought you here to this place, and you have um, needs um, and weaknesses that our church has that, that God in His sovereignty has, has designed us uniquely to fill those needs." Mm. And, and to strengthen you in your weakness and vice versa. You have strengths and yes, abilities right. and gifts that God has given you that God in his sovereignty has brought you here to us to share with us. Yeah. Um, that's what membership means. But if we're sidestepping um, that reality that we're, that we're going to change one another and, and, and that that change is gonna, needs to be based on the standard of God's word. Okay. So, so let me yeah. do this real quick. So standard. pastor Toby membership means nothing. Uh, um, Let's say I'm a homosexual gay man. Okay. Come to your church. We've kind of done this before. Um, and man, I love your church, man. You're a great preacher, great yeah. pastor. Yeah. Um, love your beard. Um, <laughs> um, I love your beard. My my husband also loves your church, <laughs> and uh, we we man, we want to be members here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, we need to sit down and talk. We need to sit down and talk because you need to know that um, our church is grounded on the word of god that's what i love about it yes and we take every verse seriously mm. and one of the things <laughs> um, that jesus says to every one of us as we come face to face with him is um I, that, that that we are forgiven we are washed and then he says go and sin no more mm. and so amen okay your relationship Whoa. with your husband is sinful <laughs> because Paul, because the Bible says that it's an abomination to God, um, that it's something that God gives people over to in judgment. I'd love to sit down and talk with you more about this. Wait, we're in, we're in a loving, committed relationship. Yeah. We love Jesus. We don't think that who we decide to have sex with is any warrant in sin. Um, there, I, were, there were there were temple um, mistresses and all that, you know, the stuff that happens there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> David, you're trying really hard. <laughs> the seventh commandment is, "Thou shalt not commit adultery." So you would, uh, so you going, allow me to be a member at your church then? Going all the way back to Israel, to, to Mount Sinai, God has cared about who we sleep with, and all through the law, he, it, it actually, you know, one of the one of the glorious things about the law, God, the law is is God coming with to His people and saying, "Hey, I want to dwell with you." Yeah. Um, build this tabernacle so that I can be in your midst and live with you. But you know what? God has always been the kind of friend that meddles with everything. 
Meddles with everything. And so I when bet. he, when, you know, all the best friends, of course, do meddle with you. They mm-hmm. change you and they confront you and they challenge you. His holiness is like that and it, and it, and it messes with us. Sorry, you, I, Going all the way back to Israel, he cared about the kind of stuff you think, God, why do you care about this stuff? You know, when a woman's in her cycle and, you know, what, last time you had sex with your wife and, you know, all this kind of, and you're like, God, what's the deal on the law? Well, one of the lessons of the law, you read through Leviticus, is that God, God claims everything. Everything. And for you to be in his presence, to know him, God says, I'm the Lord of everything, all of it. Where you, what you touched, what you ate, what kind of clothing you wear, how you trim your beard, right? He's saying, I'm the Lord of all of it. And so, yes, that means that he's the Lord of your sex life. And we need to look at the Bible together. And what I would like to invite you to do is meet with me and talk. And I'd love to be your friend. And I'd love to show you, try to convince you that the scripture calls you to something better. Mm. That's what I say. That's good. Should I we try. baptize Chalk right here? Let's baptize him right now. <laughs> baptize him with some some yeah. beer. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so we. Uh, I want to get to this before we go into our our interview coming High up. High five on that. That's good. Yeah, that was really good, Toby. Um, Way to be loving. <laughs> so, in the state of Washington, a number of states are doing this. In fact, I think um, I can't. I think I think two states this past um, uh, November have elected to increase their minimum wage. Well, the state of Washington has elected to increase their minimum wage. I think they did this last Arizona year, too. and it's an escalating increase. Did they already do this, or was it Seattle that did it? So it's 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 Seattle, and then it's affecting other across areas. The state, yeah, across the state. So it already started in Seattle, and this is actually where this. Uh, What's the punchline? Where this article's coming from, and so uh, um, as a result of this, childcare costs have skyrocketed. <laughs> minimum wage as minimum wage hikes passes, of course. Right, and so who uses childcare? The poor, poor folks. Right, right? whenever right. you uh, play got, with gravity, they're going to get their hours cut. They yes. like, they, and and the cost is going up. So the illustration I like to use wow. when I'm talking about minimum wage and everything, we got Dutch Brothers Coffee in town. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, uh, if Dutch Brothers minimum wage went up, one of the things that brings Dutch why Dutch Brothers has value is because they have three people serving you coffee and they can serve six cars in five minutes or whatever. Yeah, freaks me out. Super yeah. fast. Okay, <laughs> but what if minimum wage went up to fifteen dollars an hour? How many baristas could they hire back there? They'd probably have to go down to one barista. Right. right, and the cup of coffee would probably have to go up, right. and then their yeah. service, their value, their distinctive value that they bring to the to the service would go away, would disappear, because they don't have one breeze. You, all of three. you're concerned about is the company and the business. Look, let's talk. No, about No, I'm the concerned individual. about the three breeze yeah, who can't work about there how anymore. Fast you're going to get your coffee, right? That's all you're concerned about, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, but if you raise minimum wage and order coffee in thirty seconds, <laughs> but what about the person? Um, oh, we need more time to talk about this. What about the person who's sitting there and like, look, I got back from fighting a war for America. I can't get a job that pays more than ten dollars an hour, and I can't take care of my family off a ten dollar an hour job. What you need is we want to minimum wage hikes are are artificial value. Mm-hmm. It's not real value. When you do um, currency by fiat, commanding people to suddenly be more valuable mm. that's what that's what they're doing. They're that's saying right. your your employees are more valuable. Pay them more. Yeah. What you're doing is when it's the, the real value is not there. It's it's actually um, you're not actually going to create more jobs for the war vets. For, for the single mom. You're costing more money. You're actually charging them more money. That's right. Next on Cross Politics. Dr. Jim Brooke is coming on, and actually, all this economics kind of plays into this. Cross Politics.
for 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world, not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu forward slash explore. This is Cy Timbrinke with Answer Anyone Apologetics. In California in the 1950s, car ownerships were printed on pink paper. Racing for pinks was a drag race in which the loser of the race would forfeit ownership of his car to the winner. Now imagine you were going to have a race for pinks. The first thing you'd want to do is make sure your opponent actually owns the car that he's driving. Let's say you produced your pink slip and asked your opponent to do the same, but he just revved his engine and yelled, Come on, let's race. What are you afraid of? Now you might be confident that you'd win that race, but you'd be crazy to race him if you couldn't prove that the car was his. Even crazier if you knew that he'd stolen it. As Christians, we're commanded to engage people with the defense of our faith. Our opponents will come at us with logical, scientific, and moral objections to the existence of God. But who owns logic? Who owns science? Who owns morality? Jesus Christ. In Romans 11.36 we read that from God, through God, and to God are all things. When the unbeliever attempts to engage you, they're doing so with stolen goods. And we let them. Jesus Christ has equipped us with tools for reasoning. Don't let the unbeliever steal them when they want to engage you. Make them account for them. Make them show you their pink slip. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com. Welcome back to Cross Politic. Um, we have a special guest on our show today, Dr. Jim Brooke. The reason why we invited Dr. Brooke on today is because he's he's one of the few doctors across the nation that is actually uh, practicing healthcare without participating in the government healthcare programs and subsidy programs like Medicaid and Medicare and and so forth. And so. Uh, I've, I read this quote before too, but I think you also had it in your book where PJ PJ O'Rourke said, "If if you think healthcare is expensive now, just wait until it's free." Now we spend about eighty four percent. I mean, I'm sorry, eighty six percent of our healthcare costs are covered by a third party, government or insurance, and yet it costs over eight thousand dollars per person per year in our total healthcare expenditures, whereas it used to be under five hundred dollars per year adjusted for inflation to today's dollars. And, oh, let me mention your book before we kind of get further into this. Well, just The High Price of Socialized Medicine is the title. There's a fairly long subtitle. A History of Government Meddling in American Healthcare and How a Free Market Would Solve Our Problems. And what caused you to want to write this book? And has it got you in trouble? (laughs) (laughs) No, it hasn't gotten me in trouble, but... um, I wanted to write it because I used to think that we needed socialized medicine to contain costs and to help people get the care they need. I was a socialist when I started medical school. I didn't look deeply into any issues. I just looked at the, uh, you know, the sound, listened to the sound bites, saw the headlines. 
But then I learned in medical school how much damage it's doing to our country. We have a semi-socialized system already. We have before Obamacare. And I learned how much damage that was doing to people that it was supposed to be helping and to the country as a whole. And since people were clamoring for more of it as a way to fix the problems that it caused, I thought I ought to help educate the people as to why we have those problems. Can you uh, maybe, uh, for our listeners, talk a little bit about what are some of the problems you ran into? People don't take care of themselves, for one thing, and it makes everything so much more expensive, and it actually ends up limiting um, limiting access. Uh, for example, Medicare patients. I see patients in my town of Idaho Falls that are over 65 because they can't find a doctor who will take new Medicare patients. They, it's too harmful to their practices. And there are certain things Medicare won't cover that are proper to be done. I was talking to a patient the other day about medical tourism for uh, back surgery he needed that he couldn't get on Medicare, so he's going to have to go out of the country or to a free market surgery center in Oklahoma maybe to get it done. And as far as people taking care of themselves, I was in North Carolina in my residency, and this guy came into the ER with a sugar of about 600 or 700, uh, starting to get a little bit out of his head, and he could have died as a result. And when I did the social history, uh, as we do in our complete history and physical, I found that he's drinking and smoking about $150 worth of alcohol and cigarettes per month. And I asked him why he didn't take the medication for his diabetes that at the time was only about 20 bucks a month. And he said because his Medicaid card from Pennsylvania didn't work in North Carolina. All the while, he's spending eight times as much on beer and cigarettes, and he would not buy his diabetes medicine. He went into the hospital to make somebody else pay for him. Kind of the big narrative that gets lobbed back and forth on all this is capitalists are greedy, right? Um, it's the root of all our problem yeah. societies, right? And, and, and capitalism pushes and makes high prices because people obviously want to make um, more money. If, they, if, they're, if you're in a true capitalist society, people are going to try to get the prices as high as possible so they can maximize their profits, etc. Now, why is it sound in your book, you kind of flip that narrative a little bit. You you say, actually, socialism is, drives up health care costs. Capitalism actually can reduce health care costs. What's what's kind of at the heart of that, that issue? Oh, everything you said about the socialism there, the narrative is completely wrong. Uh, back to the greedy aspect of it, I would say the socialists are greedy. Think of somebody who doesn't want to do anything to serve other people and wants wants to receive the benefits of other people's work. I would call that greedy. Whereas in capitalism, well, I'd like to call it free markets. In free markets, if you want the service of another, you need to provide service to yet another person and be paid in those certificates of service that we call dollars, and then you can use those to buy another person's service. So everybody's outperforming service for other people and getting paid for it and using those dollars to obtain what they need. That's moral. No. So don't ever cede a, an argument on morality to a socialist. We own that argument. So again, just playing off of the, the popular narrative, uh, the, the comeback, of course, is that it's fine, all, all fine and good to talk about um, normal, healthy individuals uh, participating in a market. But you know, this healthcare—we're talking about people who are sick, people who are disabled, people who are old, 
uh, children and so forth. Um, you know, part of the argument that comes back, of course, is that these people can't provide for themselves. They're, they're sick, they're, they have diseases, they're disabled, they're old, they're young. It, it, isn't there a place, uh, doesn't, doesn't the community, doesn't the, the state need to help provide for these weak, hurting people? And isn't, isn't, isn't the free market just going to crush them? Well, first of all, nowhere near all the people that need health care are disabled, unable. I needed a knee surgery myself, and I'm, I'm about as healthy as they get, but I, I was able to pay for it uh, myself. Now, there are some people that fit that situation. You're right. The thing about free markets is it makes things cost so much less that it becomes so affordable. For example, the knee surgery I had in the Surgery Center of Oklahoma cost $3,700 including the surgeon, the hospital, the, the anesthesiologist, everything. It would have cost uh, $20,000 perhaps here at a, an insurance hospital in southeast Idaho. So things cost a lot less. So people can afford to pay them if they do receive a little charitable help from others, if they're unable to do anything themselves. Right. If they're just an average working person, people can pay for these kinds of things out of pocket. But um, charity kicks in in the private sector. There's a, a website called GoFundMe.com that had over a billion dollars channeled through it toward charitable causes in last year alone. Hmm. Americans gave $358 billion to charitable causes that they itemized on their tax returns last year. That doesn't count all the stuff they didn't itemize and all the time they gave. Hmm. So... Things would be so much less expensive if we weren't having to pay about 40% of our income in taxes to all these gimme handout organizations. We would have so much left over for these charitable donations and a surplus. How, how do uh, how does this? You, you mentioned this hospital in Oklahoma that's a free market hospital. How does it work? How does it function financially and stay afloat? Well, people just pay them, and they provide a service, and they make a profit, and they keep going. They get people coming from all over the country. I went from Idaho Falls. People come from Atlanta or wherever else, and they just figured out how much it costs to perform the work, and they add the necessary markup, and they come out with fees like $3,000 for a tonsillectomy. And the only reason they're that high is because they don't have competition. <laughs> the doctor who runs the place admits to me his prices would probably be a lot lower if somebody was competing with them. What do you let's let's talk about um, kind of apply some of this conversation to our current framework, Obamacare. What what do you think about Obamacare, and what what's that what is that doing as it rolls out um, uh, more and more? Well, let's see. Government created the problems of high price and low service by interfering with the free market. So, if I'm a politician, what would I do about that to solve our problems? I'd interfere with the free market more. <laughs> I just don't see how that can possibly help anything. It just causes waiting lines to grow. It causes prices to go up. Uh, we were promised lower insurance premiums. Of course, we've seen them get much higher. A lot of people think insurance premiums are lower, but it's only because they're subsidized. What really, Obamacare really is a very fascist form of economic policy. It's forcing people to do business with a certain big business, the marriage of big business and government to the benefit of both. 
and forcing the peasants, you know, the people like us, to do their bidding. If you're king for a day, president for a day, what are some immediate steps that you'd want to take um, in terms of changing healthcare in America? There are quite a few of them, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, would want to, I would want to remove the tax deductibility for health insurance, no matter who's paying for it, whether private, uh, whether individuals or companies. People say they want to level the playing field and get health insurance tax deductible no matter who's paying for it, but I would remove that so that it assumes its true value in relation to other things, lumber, food, building materials, um, real estate, whatever, and reduce overall tax rates so the net change is revenue neutral. I would want to do that because that was the driving force behind all our problems in healthcare, the initiated factor. I would want to start phasing out Medicare over a period of about maybe 15 years. Mm-hmm. I would want to probably remove Medicaid over a period of about three years, maybe. I would want to eliminate the FDA and let people, let there be a pro-choice environment you know, <laughs> in healthcare for your own body when it doesn't involve another body inside of you. <laughs> I would say let's go pro-choice when it's your own body. Yeah. That would cause the research cost of medications to come way down, and things would get to the marketplace much faster. Most people respond, but we've got to have safety certification. Well, that is exactly why some private free market group would spring up to meet that demand. Some company that would be so greedy that they would try to do their best for both consumers and manufacturers that they'd get the business. (laughs) Three cheers for greed. (laughs) That's another thing you said before that I meant to to bring up. Greedy big businesses, they charge more money because they're so greedy. No, they charge less money because they're so greedy. People rail about the greed of Walmart. And who's got the lowest prices in town? Walmart. It's the anti-poverty company. Generally speaking, technology, when it's introduced into an industry, it should be bringing costs down. And, you see it in electronics. Yeah, you see it in electronics. You see it in all sorts of um, uh, processing, uh, manufacturing, all, all a number of industries who've benefited greatly from the innovation of, electronic, of, uh, of, of technology. Why hasn't that happened in the medical field? Well, it has in the parts that where a free market prevails, like LASIK eye surgery. But in most places, we don't have a free market in medicine, and so therefore the the patient is not the customer. When the patient is the customer, then companies will develop things that increase their value. They do better work, you get a better result, and a lower cost because the patient is looking for it. The customer is looking for that. In medicine, the patient is not the customer. The insurance company is the customer. The patient is out of the picture, and so it's just disconnected so you don't have the price dropping. Just just for fun, uh, just to play little devil's advocate here. So, um, um, I'm I'm to to show you my cards. I'm 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 largely in agreement with you, Doctor Brooke. But just just to just to push back a little bit for fun, um, what what if somebody points you to say like the story of Joseph in Genesis, um, where Joseph is exalted out of prison, uh, the right hand of Pharaoh, and is foretold, of course, that there's this coming um, massive uh, famine and so we need to start saving up um, so there'll be enough 
during the you know the lean years and they essentially um you know have a massive what looks like a massive tax program uh in order to save up and then they charge people you know for that the whole world's coming to them to get food including of course something uh including including joseph's family of course and so that's how the whole reunification story happens but meanwhile you know the everybody's selling their land selling everything back to the to the pharaoh so that by the end of the story i mean pharaoh basically owns everything in egypt uh everyone's alive but you know um it, you know I, I can see somebody pushing back and saying you know isn't that a story where the government got involved in um, and save the world, and, and you know, <laughs> saving the poor. Um, what, what, what do you what do you say to something like that? Actually, that's the story of Joseph is pretty interesting. Uh, Genesis chapter forty seven. You're getting into there. I doubt that it was a taxation program. It doesn't it doesn't say yes or no to that question in the Old Testament. It said he gathered up all the uh, corn, all the grain. I, I suppose it says all the grain. But I suppose he probably gathered it up through buying it, because he didn't have the authority yet to just take their their grain. When they when money failed, they sold themselves as slaves, and the terms of that arrangement were that they had to give Pharaoh twenty percent of all they have. By the way, we are twice as enslaved now. We have to give forty percent of our production. Yeah. We are twice as right. enslaved. As the slaves of Egypt, as Israel. but back to the main point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he didn't have the authority to just take it. Um, that was that came about as a twenty percent arrangement when they sold themselves as slaves. I suspect that it was a a supply and demand situation. That with that great surplus, the price was so low for the corn that they were able to just buy it up very cheaply, huh. and then sold it back later at a higher price. And they ended up acquiring all the money, and then the people sold themselves as slaves. Yeah. Right. That's that's uh that's really helpful. That's great. That's a good. I've never heard that. That's angle. a good. Yeah. That's a that's a great my, great answer. My um, reasoning behind that, or my idea behind what uh, Joseph was doing, was he's working under a, a pagan government, trying to come up with the best solution possible, and that's why he did it. But it also ended up being uh, the mechanism, Joseph's decision here end up being his mechanism to end up enslaving his future generations and that's how they got pulled into um uh, uh egypt so I, I wonder how we got so far enslaved as i said we're twice the slaves yeah right that's 40 percent right. yeah no that's a very good point yeah. so when you get in these discussions and you know are these you know caricatures and, and you know uh uh, ways uh, the narratives that are out there, it it's it, in some sense it's kind of uh, you spend most of the time kind of correcting the narrative. It's like no 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 everything you're saying about the free market it, it is exactly what socialism is and will do. You know uh, how do you how do you deal with that? You know it's just it's it's more of a battle of narrative than anything, and we're losing the narrative. Yeah, that, that is tough, because so often we seed the moral case while trying to make the economic pragmatic case. And I don't think we should ever do that. We should we should be very actively really making it clear just how vile, just how morally repugnant socialism is 
taking from people by force you know, in order to pay for others so that they don't have to do anything to uh, carry their own weight. We need to make our arguments more proactively. We need to be making the case just how affordable things are in a free market. Use electronics as an example. The $20,000 widescreen uh, flat TV, flat screen, whatever you call it, TV, 50 inches across, 15 years ago, it cost $20,000 and now it costs 500 We need to make the case for that sort of thing being the nature of healthcare if we had a free market. We talk about, people say there's a gap, this big gap between the rich and the poor in America. We shouldn't say, oh, no, there's not. We should say, sure, and that's a great thing because the the wealthy are lifted so much and the less wealthy, not the poor, mind you, the less wealthy are only lifted partially as much. Rather than everybody being equally impoverished, we're unequally raised. And so we need to make the case that everybody has benefited. Right. And, that, and if you go to the home of a so-called poor person in the U.S., and you look at all the flat-screen TVs and computers and cell phones for all their kids, we need to make the case that that would be the same kind of abundance would exist in healthcare if we had a free market. An MRI scan would be just as affordable to them as their big computer. Because it is a computer. Yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> one, of, one of the things that I appreciate about, about you so much is that you're living out what you're teaching. I actually think there's probably a lot of doctors who probably believe what you believe at some level, but haven't taken that, that step to kind of... They don't know how to get out of it. They don't know how to... They either don't know how to get out of it. they're afraid to or something. And they don't know the details of it either. They believe it, but they can't really nail it down. They don't have a really solid understanding of it. That's why I researched it, so that I could help people understand that. So people can make an intellectual argument and have the the data, the references to back it up. We need to educate people more. Yeah. Well... And that's what you guys are doing. Well, thank you. For, uh, For those who are listening... The book is A History of Government Meddling in America Healthcare and How a Free Market Would Solve Your Problems. And the title of it is The High Price of Socialized Medicine, written by Dr. Jim Brooke, actually based out of Idaho. So thank you for coming on our show and, and please keep in touch. It's been Thank you. Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture, a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration, unashamed of Christ, and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Canonpress.com. Welcome back to this special edition of Cross Politic. It's your Cyber Monday Cross Politic, in which we are talking about economics. Hey, healthcare, healthcare and economics, yes. Jim yes. Brooke, Dr. Jim Brooke and his, uh, all right. Hope you enjoyed that interview. Very Sir, interesting. Can unique. I just say something real quick? Yeah. We, while everybody's out doing their um, Cyber Monday shopping, they should stop over at CrossPolitik, you know. Dot com? 
we hopefully will have our coffee label up and fully running by yeah, then. Buy some and maybe coffee. and maybe our merch. We're and working on there's and, a lot of work to do. And if they click merch. on crosspolitic.com, if they put this in their, their browser, yes. click on that, they, and up will pop some merchandise. Hopefully. I'm working on it. Maybe. <laughs> what, what, let's just assume, let's just believe that it feels it's good belief. to the Holy Spirit it's to belief. have it done. <laughs> right. If, if, if the Lord wills. <laughs> if the Lord wills. The Lord wills. And, and, you know, you should be thinking about the people that you love the most in your life. That's right. The people who need a little bit of cross-politic love. That's right. Some, and, some, and, yeah. some, some, some fighting, some laughter. That's right. Some feasting. Yes. yes. Imagine now, giving think this of, cross-politic coffee to someone. Think of the small-hearted Grinch in your life mm. who needs a little bit of love. This coffee will make him smile. Yeah. Buy that coffee. And, buy that shirt. And the bag is a good conversation starter for the gospel. It is. Why <laughs> is that flag bound down to that cross? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Seriously. Yeah. Open gospel. Anyway, yeah. you were saying. So- Dr. Jim Brook, yep. uh, he's, he's, in op- trouble. he's opted out of the system, right? Um, he, he's, and, and he says he's succeeding. He actually says that he's helping more people. Imagine right? that. His Man. prices are lower. Mm-hmm. He says that he's, and he thinks this is the way that, that we can actually get, I mean, we, people are talking about medical, you know, um, you know, Obamacare prices are skyrocketing. Yes. Yep. Uh, we were talking before the insurance interview. Right? In the, the, um, the, yeah, well, yeah, both insurance and, and medical and costs. The cost, the actual medical we, we were cost. talking yep. about minimum wage before, before yep. the break. Yep. And, and the problem that that is and how it, it hikes everything up and yes. the people that get crushed are, are, is the little man. The very person who wants it to be hiked. Is the one who gets crushed. Right. Right? Well, well, they're well, they're sold a bill of goods. Yes, yes these right. these liberal elites say they've got this theory of economics that's based on wishful thinking. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. artificial yeah. standards. Yeah, if that if you you pump something full of artificial value, somehow things will take off. Yeah. But they're t- just bad at math. Well, that's, that's, that's what it comes down but, to. But what they're actually, what, what they no, are is they're, they are. they're consistent. I think they're actually consistent Darwinists. Amen. And materialists. Okay? Yes. Darwinists believe. I think they're self-destructive. No, no, listen. Dar- <laughs> Darwinists. You just throwing out stuff. Right <laughs> I'm ready to go. Darwinists believe that you get good stuff out of crap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, you have a big pile of garbage and you throw it up in the air and out will come out will come, you know, something. Look, it's a flower. It's a flower. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's it's a beautiful building. It's a it's painting. A car. It's Shakespeare. Yeah. It's, yep. you know, um, you know, David Shannon. You know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. It, 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 they probably would say I would come out of black. <laughs> so I did yeah, come out of evolution. They are Democrats. <laughs> but they but the but the thing but my point though is is that they think that um, it's random mutation that's right that makes beautiful things that makes good things meaning value significance comes out of nothing and and what do they what causes that well material it's it's dna genetic mutation it's it's materialism though fundamentally the environment you know a meteor hits the temperature changes and there's an ice age whatever and then this you know this blob grows legs and crawls out of the sea Mm -hmm. well Consistent Darwinism says then the way that you improve people's lots is you change their environment. You mm. mess with things. You add. Mm. You try to add value, and then everything catches on. Are you? Yeah. That's some good stuff right there. Right. Bro. Everything yeah. catches on, and so pump it full of money. Yep. Pump it full of artificial value because other pe- still first still other people's money. Yeah, but but that, it's justified because yeah. it's for the greater good. Right. Yeah. It's for the greater good because what happens is the survival of the fittest. Right. But it's sort of a nicer, slightly gentler. 
PR version of Survival of the Fittest. Yeah. Um, and you can afford to lose some of your arms and legs for the good of this species to survive and exactly. benefit and so forth. Which is, which, which is really contradictory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Survival of the Fittest. He ain't taking my money to help that dude. Tell right. him to grow his own legs. And, know. you know, right. no. But, but, that's, but that's what you have that, to believe right. to believe that evolution actually happened is that things that were useless and worthless yep. became valuable. Right? Yeah. Um, if you've ever read uh, uh, Darwin's Black Box by uh, Behe, no. he has this, yeah. this, the theory of uh, the reason he rejects Darwinian evolution is the, the, doc, the doctrine, I don't know, whatever, uh, of irreducible complexity. The reason why he says Darwinian evolution is impossible is because the, the key things, the key um, uh, things in, in human development and in the world, um, there are too many things that if you take one thing away, it's, it's complex. It's so complex that there's no gradualism to it. Right. If you have a mousetrap, every piece of it is, is, a, is a necessary component. And, to make and, that trap work. Exactly. Yeah. Um, or an eye. He uses the example of the human eye. All these pieces are completely necessary. And so there's no good reasons. Darwinian evolution says that you get things little by little because um, it's, it's, it's needed. It's needed. Yeah. But too many of these things, you need all of these things at, at once. Time. And yeah. you can't get them all occurring at once. The, the chances are, are minuscule. Yeah. Impossible. Right. But, but the, the Darwinian evolution says that you get this useless stuff that all of a sudden sundom, suddenly randomly becomes useful. Yeah. yeah. And so you throw a lot of useless stuff, money, you know, whatever. <laughs> minimum you know, wage. Minimum wage, government. Cash for clunkers. Bail, Obamacare. Right, Obamacare. And it will bring value up magically because that's how Darwinian evolution wow, works. that's good stuff. Right? Let, you know, let's, um, this is eventually, we'll, we'll apply this to healthcare here in a minute, but go back to the um, example of the Dutch brothers that I gave before where, uh, you know, right now I think minimum wage for that person is about $8 an hour. So the starting. Is that what it is, is that, I think it's actually wow. seven sixty-five or something in Idaho. Wow. And. Seven sixty five for that uh, for that minimum wage. Now they will they agreed to um, work there at Dutch Brothers. And no one forced their hand to work there, so they want to. It's bringing them personal value at that wage for them to work there, and they're bringing the coffee shop value to work there. Now let's say, um, and the cup of coffee, let's say, is two bucks um, to to go through the drive through. David would know. Me and Toby don't. <laughs> Chocolate. I, don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I can't. Um, I can't handle it. Yeah. No. <laughs> Anyways, let's say so the coffee's two dollars. About three bucks. Um, what if? Um, what if all of a sudden that that one person was getting paid fifteen dollars an hour to serve you that same cup of coffee for two dollars? Would it stay at two dollars? Of course not. Of course not, right? And so all of a sudden, all these wages are going to go up, but it's going to go up exponentially, mm-hmm. not just you mm-hmm. know. So it goes from two dollars to let's say four dollars. It just doubled, yep. right? Yep. Um, and it went up double. And so you're going to run into, and this is the same thing that's playing into our healthcare. Um, uh, problem that we're and, in. And the point, and right? of course, just to finish the sentence, yeah. or to finish the thought, yeah. and people stop buying coffee. Yeah. And people stop buying coffee, and Dutch Brothers cannot hire as many people to serve you because they're feeling the pressure also to keep that cup of coffee yeah. as low less, as possible. Less pay. jobs. Yeah. Well, less, it, let's say that, that people buyers. continue to buy coffee. They continue to buy coffee, but the truck driver now, his minimum wage, if minimum wage is going up, I'm getting paid more too. So but to get you cost the, of living is going up. Cost Absolutely. of I'm saying though is that everything goes up. Yes. Not just the fact that you got fifteen dollars. Right. All you did, if I raise the bar, if I if I. Uh, but the point is, is that the cost of living goes up, but real value didn't go up. That's my point. And it kills actual productivity because now everybody's trying to run around the back and and make it work, make the numbers work, do the math, pay the bills, and, and, 
and but there's not actually any new. Um, there's not fruitfulness happening. No, there's of not new. Not. There's not new value there's being no new introduced, value being added. and, and it's actually stifling growth. Absolutely. What, what they're trying to do is say is that if they raise the minimum wage, that individual gets more money to live and has a better lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So what happens is if you raise the minimum wage all across the board, everything goes up. That person's exactly the same situation yeah. they were in before, just yeah. with different numbers. Yeah. And, but, it's, and it's <laughs> actually, and it's actually. D- it's, and, and the net result is actually less value because right. rather than spending our time and energy and money on making better stuff and producing a better product and setting people free to do it, we've actually wasted time and energy and money on yeah. just trying to float all the boats. Yep. And so the, and the net result is actually you lost money. Yeah. yeah. So it- this is the kind of environment where the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Exactly what they which, don't want to happen, right? right? Which, which is, is what they're why, trying to fix. Which is why Dr. Jim... Brooke, Mm -hmm. what he's doing and other entrepreneurs like him that are trying to figure out ways to get out of the uh, sort of break out of the the system or whatever, the regulations, to whatever extent you can break out of the regulations, um, what he's doing is creating real value Yes, for less. Uh He's he's actually able to charge less and he can get more value out to more customers and that's actually, that's fruitfulness. This is where I think Joe McDermott was right yes. about having some convictions about what you believe right. and then sticking yeah. to them. Yeah. Right. And that's you know, that's, right. the, that's the blessing yeah. of this. And I agree. I even though yeah. I, I have some 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 wrinkles of differences with of course. W- with McDermott, God bless him. Um I think he's absolutely right in the sense that um to the extent that we um abominate Obamacare <laughs> I don't know. That nice. just, came, just came to me. That was that good. Just, that just came to me. Yeah. Where's my organ? Come on. Where's uh, my organ? I didn't really like oh, them. Me. To the extent that, <laughs> to the extent that we we dislike and and, um, and reject um, government encroachment. Yeah. Um, Obamacare, overregulation, the all the price hikes. Of course, um, you know, funding Planned Parenthood. Right. Um, yeah. All this stuff. To that extent, we. We do need to figure out where we're saying no. Right, right. Well, and, 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 and the thing with Dr. Jim, one of the things that he brought up, which kind of surprised me, he's like, I'm actually able to serve more poor, poor people. Yep. I'm actually right. because, because he's they not, don't have But he's not well, taking the government money. Right. He's, he's not taking the government money. They don't have to pay a high deductible to go to him. Yeah. Right. right? They don't have to go through all these loops to get service. Yeah. They can actually go to him and get what they need and pay cash and be done. Well, and imagine if you're a profitable company, you can choose who you want to pay or not. Right. <laughs> like, like if you're a profitable company, it's like, oh man, I don't have the money. All right, brother, come here. I there was a dentist at my church um, when I was in Minneapolis, and everybody at the church he gave free dental care to. Wow! Because mm. he made so much money being a dentist. Right. He was like, for well, people in my church, if you go to my church, yeah. he, he didn't make it like known in the bulletin. Right. But yeah. if you went to him, he's like, he he made sure that the you got no bill. Right. Right, and but, that's that's what happens when I, when you can be have a yeah. nice profit of, of funds, but, and you're a Christian. <laughs> but to the extent that we don't reject the free government money, you know, to the yeah. extent yeah. that we're that we're not at least trying. I mean, we live in a system that's complex. By the way, know, he, he did the, he ran the same I, kind of play. I, I'm I'm not you know I'm, I'm not sure if I'm gonna go. I, I can go as extreme as McDermott on like you know the libraries and you know what, what you know what. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, 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 you know I'm not. But but nevertheless, in principle, I think I like it. You got you got you got to think though. I, I think he's right in terms of general direction. Yeah. That um, if you're afraid and you're unwilling um, to not say no to the free money. Yeah, the, that's right. The bailouts and everything else. Then, then what you're doing is you're saying it's okay for the government 
to run my life. You know what? And, and the government's going to be my is, is going to be my daddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, government's going to be. No, that's right. Is 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 my and ultimately we're saying he's my, it's my god. I think one of the things that Christians have to be careful of is not to be is not sounding like Rush Limbaugh, right? Because we we and, and and a lot of and, and Hannity and you know if you listen to those guys they have who are, I agree who are those guys? Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. A lot. <laughs> I agree with their position a lot, but I think their heart is stone. And they just don't understand anybody from the other side. Right. And, you know, for instance, um, with this whole minimum wage thing, there's another group that I think we need to speak to. And it's the guy who did come back from fighting a war for America. He's trying to get a job. He can't get a job. His education, he didn't, while he was fighting, he wasn't getting an education. There wasn't any money for that. Um, and he comes back. And the only job he can get to support his family now is the nine ninety nine, you know, an hour job. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's sitting here and he's he's he goes to the what was it, the House or the Senate, whoever it is that will they go to vote for the other community to raise the minimum wage. They have like a Senate meeting or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. And, um, and 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 he makes his case. <laughs> no, I've actually there's actually those, a video. Those who control the gravity. Yeah, yeah there's actually a video of this. And uh, this guy who actually did this. And, and he's, he's pleading for and he's like, a, a, I love my nation. A minimum wage like, raise. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm getting shot. You know, bullets are flying at me. I'm trying to get a job. I've served my country. And I can't get a job to support my family. Right. And, and what, so he's looking at this. And he's saying minimum wage being raised allows me the opportunity to serve my family. Yeah. Now, and you what, can argue the system, right? Right. But you have to talk to him, yeah, too. And what we want to say to him as gently and as graciously as possible is, is what you need and what everyone else like you needs. It, we, we need um, people set free. Um, to per, to be pr- productive citizens, to start businesses, to, producers. to to create real value. That sounds great. That, that's for how the future. That's how that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think I think the flip side of it though, because well, we're not going to eat next week, Pastor. That sounds great. You know, yeah, you know. Right. Well, and that's and that's what the church is for. Yeah. And, and, that's that's and, what I'm after. And, and you know, the, so the church is going to be full of people like your dentist friend from 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 the church where right, you're at, right, right. Um, who give. Yeah. who give freely, open-handedly give. And so this is why we need people, Christians, um, thinking about the kingdom. You, you, you're, you're, a, you're a dentist, you're a doctor, you're a barber, you're a painter, you're a, um, you're a teacher, uh, you're a car mechanic. Whatever you are, you do it not just to bring home a paycheck. You do it for the kingdom of God. But here's the other problem. And, and, this, right. and this means, though, that, you know, that, Everyone is pitching, and this goes back to church membership. We're talking about church membership. Church membership is not just a a covenant about, it's not just an ideological covenant. We all agree, and we're going to like have ideas and bounce them around. It means that we're going to be family. Amen. And and the things that people need are, uh, you know, help with dentistry and and eye checkups and and medical care and health care, and they need help with their finances and they need help with their their car getting fixed and and the church needs to be that kind of community that yeah. new uh, oh uh, you know pastor wilson was talking about this in the yeah. last episode the um the church is a new polis it's a yes. new city it's yes. a new society it's a new way of of serving one another the body of christ is not just a spiritual thing that's what i that's what I, that's what our narrative needs to be yeah. when we talk about this we forget that right. we'll argue all the facts and statistics but there's a this is actually hitting people's real life right yeah. and they need to so the we need, guy, we need robust well, actually i want to call that guy's bluff well, we right. need robust deacons. No, but if a yeah, guy, I know absolutely. people who are saying, if you're telling me that, hey, look, some people are, people are going to the employees and saying, hey, guys, we can get you six more dollars an hour. The unions and special interest groups are doing a better job than the church. And what you're, but what yeah, that exactly, does. Exactly. That's my whole point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But what that does, that only gives that one person that $6 an hour raise. The other two people who used to have that job don't have that job anymore. 
Right. It's right. A net, but, but it's he's a talking big more about net the, loss. But he's talking about the strategy. Right. Uh, you're yeah. right. You're right. right. But but I, we, I don't disagree with because, that. Yeah. Because what you got is yeah. you got you have Jesus saying, "Take up your cross and follow me." Right. And and, and I promise, um, you seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. And he's talking about food and clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Food and clothing. That's yeah. not spiritual. It's real. That's right. Um, and on the other hand, you got the liberals saying, we'll give you six more dollars an hour. Yeah. yeah. We, we can order. Sign and, Jesus. And, and, so the, <laughs> so, and so, you know, our flesh, you yeah. know, that's why Jesus says, yeah, it's risky following me. Yeah. yeah. But, but I promise you that my father knows you need all these things. The nations of the world care about these things. Mm-hmm. They're driven by yeah. this kind of fear and greed right. and, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so they grasp after it. Yeah. We, I think we, I think the person who is having that kind of, a narrative, that kind of talk, that kind of fear, our answer to them isn't just an economical answer. It's a gospel answer. Yeah. Like, hey, brother, the kingdom of God is better than this. Right. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God, right. <laughs> right. No, it is. We, we care about ours. Right. We're and, not going to let you look. Not only are we saying that you shouldn't want a raise, but we're saying we're going to be your family. Right. We're going to be better than a raise. We're going to be better than a raise. Right. The kingdom of God is better than a $15 right. an hour raise, and right. we need to make sure that we're proclaiming that right. and not just doing the statistics. It's we the, have those in the back, yes, right. but Jesus is better than a raise. And it's the same thing with like the pro-life thing. Yes. Same thing yes. with the pro-life thing, right? It's, we got it, you. It, it's not just stop murdering your babies, yes, stop right. killing your babies. It's also, and we will care for you. That's right. You will find a family here, and all the things that you're afraid of, uh, Jesus promises to care for you in the body of Christ yeah. through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's that's shelter. That's food. That's family. That's care for your baby. That's adopting your yeah. baby. That's foster care. That's um, it, it's. If we're going to be pro life, we got to be pro life all the way through. That's yeah. right. Um, that's right. That, that means we're going to help you find a job. We're going to help you take care of your kids. We're going to help you with these things. Yeah. Um, we're going to help you with health care. We're going to yeah. help you with schooling. Yeah. Because so, we're going to be like our God. He that, died for us. We're going to die for you. Yeah. you know, it's just, and, it's and that's why. Of... But we need we need deacons especially. Especially who think Amen. like this, and we need preachers yeah. that preach like this. Yeah. It's not just we're going to help you occasionally with a bill. And that's why this this whole this whole narrative it's a gospel clash. It's a gospel clash of right. what's coercive, right. and a gospel clash of what's free, right? Right. right. And, yeah. a, and who's and who's who's the savior? That's right. Is that, Jesus come on now. Is Jesus the savior or is the state the savior? And that's yeah. every answer to every question. Do you, do you want the state right. of coercion or do you want the freedom of Jesus? Right. And exactly. It, that, it seems like liberals are always pushing out, "Oh man, I, I care about you." Brother, I'm right. sorry to hear about that. Right. Mm-hmm. And we lay out the 10 top reasons why this is wrong. Right. <laughs> right. Well, but we got and, and we're right. And we're right. <laughs> we got to do both. And the truth yeah. is we care about them way more right. than the other person yeah. does. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so, yeah. so we got to do 5 and 5. Two hands, right? <laughs> One hand is like, "No, that's stupid." Yeah, and come here. Let yeah. l- let me let me reach out to you. Um, Christ has got something even better for you. Yeah, but yeah. we but we have to believe that. Amen. And there's so many Christians I think that are still uh, they're not sure if they believe that. And that's that's the problem. We, and, yeah. and, and 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 so they sort of halfway step out, but they're afraid they're afraid to completely seek the kingdom and trust Jesus. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Happy Cyber Monday. <laughs>